That's really the story of resurrection that we just sang. God taking brokenness and making it beautiful. Not just our personal sin, the way in which we rebel against God, but also our shame, the brokenness that separates us from others. Jesus invites us into beauty, uh, wholeness as individuals, and into community, the joy of his honor, the honor that is ours as a part of his new family. We get to celebrate that resurrection story this morning, uh, beginning in the Gospel of Luke. We've been looking at the Gospel of Luke throughout Holy Week. And so we return to Luke chapter 24. We're going to read the first 12 verses. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found it the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But the apostles did not believe the woman because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. So far, the reading of God's word. A few years ago, Kaylee and I had the trip of a lifetime, got to spend a week in Copenhagen in Denmark. We took a tour of the city with a company called Bike with Mike, and it was really just a one-man show. Mike organized the tours, he cleaned the bikes, he loaned them out to us, and he led the group around town, telling us stories about the past and present of the city of Copenhagen. During our time in Copenhagen, I noticed how many old and beautiful, but now mostly empty churches there were around the city, church buildings. Some had been converted into tourist attractions, like this one where we're, st- we're staring up at. This one is the Church of Our Savior, it's called. And for just a few euros, it allowed you to climb up to the top uh, and stand just about on the top of the steeple and have a view of the city. It was such a good view that I took a video of it that I wanted to share with you. I'm here at the top of the Church of Our Savior in beautiful Copenhagen, right at the very tip top. There's a number of uh, stairs. The railing's a little short here. I'm coming down, don't worry. Now that, that's my wife, loving me. The city's beautiful. It really was a beautiful city and a beautiful view. And uh, it's really nice to have somebody who, when you're at the top of a building, care for you enough to say, hey, get down. So having seen all of this, getting to look over the city in that way, I talked to Mike, our, our tour guide. I said, what do Danes think about Christianity and the church? Mike told me, Christian missionaries gave us all kinds of social services. 
They built healthcare and childcare into our taxation system. And so we're very thankful to them and, and to their service for our country. For that reason, many Danish people even choose to continue to make donations to the Lutheran church. Then he continued. He said, the church is our past, not our present. Danish people think about the stories of the Bible in the same way that they think about the stories of Greek and Roman gods. They might be good stories, but at the end of the day, they're just that. They don't have anything to do with real life. Mike's story is not a story that's foreign to Calgary. Copenhagen is a city uh, that has a lot of similarities with Calgary, and the trends of religious observance in Canada and the U.S. are very closely following trends of religious observance in Europe. We don't have to even wait a few years to find people in Calgary who see faith exactly like Mike. In the West, our world seems limited to the physical and the measurable, to what we can see and who we can blame. We see injustice and inequality in our world. We point the finger at greedy corporations or billionaires. We see Vladimir's, Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine, and we look to the U.S. or to NATO to help. We don't expect God or the gods to do much to help. Too often, even Christians don't believe the power of our own stories. A lot of time we imagine that what happened in the Bible was for them and for them, if it happened at all. Those things don't happen today, we think. They don't really affect our lives. To put it another way, we are surprised and often unprepared, even distracted, when the resurrection life of Jesus does show up in our world. We're unprepared for the power of the living God, for experiencing the truth of Jesus' resurrection. In that way, we're just like Jesus' disciples. We're looking for the living God, but looking among the dead. This way of being is not new to followers of Jesus. If you read the Gospels, Jesus' disciples always come out looking a little bit foolish. They're unprepared or distracted. They have the wrong priorities. They make the wrong assumptions. They misunderstand Jesus' words. As we read on Monday, Thursday, they fall asleep at the wrong moments. In today's text, the women don't even believe the words of the women, or the, the disciples, excuse me, don't even believe the words of the women who met the angels. And so, so with all that in mind, it's interesting to me, and I think important that Luke, in his gospel account, doesn't show us Jesus risen from the dead. Did you notice that? At least he doesn't show us Jesus at first. And it's weird and important, I think, because we want proof. We want to see and touch, or at least to have the record of the people who saw and touched Jesus, even if we can't. But Luke invites his first readers, along with the women, along with the disciples, to take it on faith that Jesus is risen. So as Christians, we have this story. We have the story of Jesus born and living, teaching and suffering, dying and resurrected to life, even ascended into heaven. But it's not a story we've seen. It's a story from our past. So it's worth wondering, do we believe it? Is the story of Jesus' resurrection like 
the other stories of Western past, the stories of Odin and Thor, or the stories of Zeus and Apollo? Or is the story of Jesus something else? Does the resurrection life have any power today? Does the resurrection life of Jesus make any difference in our lives? Well, we all have stories from our past that still affect us in the present. The story of each of our births, for example, is a story that none of us remembered, even though we were there. That's the story that caused us to be. The story of our birth has profound impact on our lives. Where we were born, when we were born, the color of our skin, our gender, all these things have a profound impact on the way we experience the world today. Likewise, our past choices, where we decide to move, who we decide to love, what kind of job or lifestyle we pursue. Even those secret things that we did that no one knows about or the thing that was done to us. We still carry the shame and the pain of those things today. None of us is so naive to truly think that the past, the past doesn't affect our present. To pick another example, a more communal example, this pandemic, which I think most of us desperately want to be in the past, but it still affects our comfort levels today. Some of us are more eager than ever to take the Bible's words literally when it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. We want that physical intimacy. We want the physical touch of shaking someone's hand or rubbing shoulders. We've missed it. Others of us are still cautious. We saw what happened over the last two years. We saw people lose their loved ones. We lost ours. We saw how lack of care and preparation made our global pandemic even worse. Some of us are more eager than ever for physical interaction. Others of us are more comfortable or less comfortable than ever. However we slice it, our past very much affects our present, both individually and communally. So remember what the angels say to the women. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember what he told you. Remember the past. The resurrection of Jesus is a story like the stories of our birth. Like the stories of, or the, the, the stories of the significant events in our lives. Christians celebrate at Easter that the word of God in the past still speaks to our present. That the resurrection life of Jesus still affects us today. And that the resurrection life of Jesus is still present in our world today. We can't find resurrection life by looking among the dead things of our world. We can't find it in human quests for power or achievement. We can't even find it looking within ourselves. We can only find the resurrection life of Jesus when we sit with Peter and wonder where God is has gone. Where God has gone is a profound mystery in the Christian tradition. It's not a mystery because there isn't an answer. It's a mystery because a satisfying answer can only be experienced, not explained. The explanation, after all, of where God has gone, the explanation is very simple. 
The resurrection life of Jesus is with his people and within his people. The resurrection life of Jesus is in our spirits or our souls. It's in our formal gatherings, in our work, in our friendship, in our homes, in our leisure activities. The Bible talks about the body of Christ in a real physical way and also in a metaphysical way in a, in a, in a, that it's in our minds and in our, within us. Even though Jesus is not standing with his feet in Calgary, Scripture says that we can still see and touch and meet Christ when we interact with the people of God, even here in our midst. It's one thing to explain that. But the mystery is to experience it. Christians sometimes mistakenly think that we have to have all the answers, all the explanations. That people should walk away from a worship service with certainty. No more questions. But this is not the way of Jesus. Jesus doesn't invite us to have all the explanations. Certainly, he doesn't invite us to have only explanations. Jesus invites us, whoever we are, to experience resurrection life. I went away from that encounter with Bike Mike in Copenhagen wondering, how would somebody like Mike ever believe in the stories of Jesus? How would someone like Mike ever believe the stories of Jesus were true? Or for that matter, how would Peter, one of Jesus' disciples who went away from the tomb, how would Peter ever believe? There's only one way. Bike Mike needs to see Jesus, just like Peter saw Jesus. Today, the Jesus who appeared in the Bible stories doesn't walk the streets of Calgary. But we Christians, who have made you by Jesus' resurrection, we do. God has brought us here from all corners of the world to be a faith community, to be the body of Christ together. In the same way that our births cause us to be and the events of our lives form and shape us, the resurrection life of Jesus completely transforms God's people. This spiritual reality caused Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, to go from wondering in our text to just a few years later, crying out in praise, saying, praise be to the God and Father of our Jesus Christ, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. In God's great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In the coming weeks at River Park Church, we're going to explore what this transformation looks like. What does it look like for us to experience the resurrection life of Jesus today? What does it look like for us to share that experience with our families, our biological families, and then also the family of God beyond that, our spiritual family? And then the other people that God has put in our life, outside of God's family. What does it look like for us to share that resurrection with them? We'll be looking at the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus still today with a sermon series that we've entitled, All In. And the picture we're using, you can see behind me. That's a pic- you, you know when you, if you ever become a parent, that it requires going all in. You're entirely committed 
to the child that God has given you or the children that God has given you. And likewise, at Easter, we celebrate that in Christ, God has gone all in for us, for his children. Jesus fully gave himself to the transforming work that the Father set before him out of great love for God's children. He gave his whole life, his days, his nights, his time, his energy, his relationships, even his life itself. Jesus shared everything he is with God's people. He shared everything he is with us in his resurrection. And we are now invited with Peter, with others, to respond, to wonder where God has gone, and to explore what transformation God still wants to work in our lives as individuals and as a community. Peter, in just a few years, went from wondering to rejoicing. And so as we close this morning, I want to just invite you to close your eyes, if that's helpful, uh, but to imagine a few years from now. Imagine it's Easter 2024. And please imagine that it's warmer then than it is today, for my sake, if no one else. Imagine it's Easter 2024. You're again worshiping at River Park Church. Our community is filled with diverse people in close relationship with each other. We're a community of people who are all in. We obey the truth of Jesus. We embody the life of Jesus. We're living the way of Jesus. And to do that, we've set aside our own truths, our own personal lives, even our own preferred ways. Because we've experienced the mystery of Jesus' resurrection life within us. As you close your eyes, as you imagine two years down the road, I want you to think and to wonder, how did it happen? What did you start doing differently two years before in 2022 on Easter? What did you start doing differently that led led you to that place? What did you stop doing? What did you give up to get there? As we close the sermon, I'm going to close in prayer. And we're going to remain in that place of just wondering for just a few moments. Before we sing, before we have the opportunity to experience communion with Christ and with one another. So let's come to God in prayer. Father God, it is good, we say with faith, it is good to wonder. It is good to wonder where you have gone and to continue to wonder where you are going. As Christians, we celebrate that our faith and the story of your resurrection life is not some story from the past that is nice and neat and done with but that the story of your resurrection life is a story that has profound impact on our present and on our future. That you continue to hold out resurrection life for us, for for us as individuals, for us as a community, for Calgary, for, for our world. Father, give us eyes to see what you are doing today 
and where you are going so that we might meet you there. And Father, transform our hearts so that we might set aside our cynicism like the disciples, that we might set aside our our normal ways of being, that we would no longer look for the living among the dead, the dead old ways of doing things, but that we would eagerly see where you are going and give up everything to follow you there, celebrating that you have given up everything for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.